Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. After 13 years as a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, I am here to answer your questions and teach you what I know about the great masculine and feminine dance and how you can create the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. Welcome to today's episode. This is your host, Jenny Morrow, and today I am joined by my lovely husband, Bryce. You're actually joining me because you're in my office. <laughs> That's very true. It's a really nice office. I really enjoy it in here. And a good view of the mountains. Mm-hmm. It is very mm-hmm. clean and organized and feng shui. Nice view. Thank you. I can see the map behind you. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I like being here. Yeah. And I'm really glad to be here with all of you listeners as well. So it's been kind of a crazy couple of days for me. I had to get both of my big toenails removed for the second time in the last few months. Yeah, I was there for emotional support and I got to watch. How was it? I mean, I did get a little nauseous. I don't know if I told you in the moment, but just watching. Mm. I was watching, so I probably shouldn't have watched. (laughs) Did it feel kind of like intriguing to watch? Or I don't know. I was curious, but curious. at the same time, I once I got a little taste of what was going down, I didn't really look after that. I was more paying attention to you, but mm. it's one of those things that happen, you know? We have a fun Sunday planned, and all of a sudden, we're in a doctor's office watching you get your toenails pulled off, so that's life sometimes. It really, really is, and yeah, so to all of you out there, like Bryce and I know what it is like to have... Up days, down days, hard days. Surprise days. Surprise days, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's crazy to all of you in the medical field out there, you know, Bryce and I are really trained to go in deep into people's relational lives and be there during really uncomfortable emotional and relational situations. And I am not very good at being present in physical body struggles like illness or surgeries, things like that. So it's kind of amazing to me how different people are trained for different kinds of situations. Yeah, I'm feeling really grateful for all the people that keep the world spinning and operating right now. Yeah, me also. I feel really, really grateful Mm. for everyone, wherever you are in whatever field of work you do. Yeah, and we're here to support you in your relationships because that's what we do best. Yeah. Hopefully that helps you do whatever you do in your life. Exactly. Oh, I love it as I hear that because I just, you know, that's what we see in the research is the best predictor of having a long, healthy, happy life is having good relationships. Mm -hmm. So really cool. Okay. So, um, and having great doctors, right? Those that can keep us alive when crazy things happen. Okay. So, um, Today, Bryce and I are talking about what is the hardest part about relationship for you. So we actually, I posed this question on our Advanced Relationship Podcast Community Facebook group recently. Yeah, join if you haven't. Exactly. And it is a private Facebook group, um, and so, but it's free to join. So all you need to do is go to Facebook and in the search bar, just type in Advanced Relationship Podcast Community and request to join the group, and we will let you in. And there, Bryce and I post questions, we um, post quotes, we, I don't know, we just... 
We help out. Yeah, we generally. help out. Yeah, and it's a place to connect with other like-minded people who are interested in relationships. So lots of good info in there. Yeah, and it's really about how to go deeper into relational work and really look at what does it take to create an advanced relationship life. So we're there to answer questions and, and just learn more about what all of you are working on. So it's very cool. So when I pose this question, what's the hardest part about relationship for you? We got a lot of engagement on this one. And initially I thought, well, we will... Um, maybe we'll do a podcast episode on these struggles that people are mentioning, but then so many people started chiming in that I thought, oh, we're going to need to do a series, multiple podcast episodes. So um, what what we decided to do is to go through and kind of pick out the themes and talk about those themes of what we're seeing in terms of what people say is the hardest part about relationship. Mm-hmm. So we might do that in a series of a few podcast episodes. That may or may not be in order. We'll see. But there's so many things I want to podcast about. I also posted a quote today and I had a couple of people wonder about the quote, like wanting to understand it more fully. And I thought that would be a good one to do a podcast episode on. So relationships are cool. There's just so many things we could talk about. What was it? Um, It was on emotion and logic. All right. And how the two always coexist. So yeah, it'd be a fun one to talk about. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, um... Let's see. Okay, so Bryce and I are just going to be here today, and we're just going to talk about relationship kind of the way that we like to talk about relationship together, and we're going to let you all in on this so you can listen in and hear Bryce and I talk about this idea of acceptance being one of the hardest parts about relationship. So we got a few comments in the thread of people saying that the hardest part about relationship for them is acceptance. Like feeling fully safe and accepted in their relationship for who they are. And, um, and then also, you know, how do you accept, how do you also create that safety and that acceptance for your partner as well? So, um, but let's go and start with what do you do if you're in a relationship and you're struggling to feel accepted? So if I were to just be here with you, Bryce talking yeah yeah I don't know I'm kind of curious does anything come up for you around acceptance yeah well first just noting the word acceptance it's a loaded term and it can be quite a fantasy that your partner is just going to accept all the parts of you all the time or that you'll accept all the parts of them all the time I think it's it's fluid and I think what people are really talking about a lot of times is security Mm. like if I can feel okay enough with you or with me, then I feel more secure uh, to show up more as myself. But of course, there's going to be spikes and in insecurity and unacceptance. Um, so I think it's a it's a loaded word and it can be a fantasy. And I think it, that acceptance is fluid, so it's going to move around. So I just wanted to note that. I like first. that. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about getting to a place where you just always feel accepted all the time by everyone in your life. It's just not a destination, period. Exactly. A place that you get to and get to stay without having to do work. Exactly. Yes. So more true is you will at times feel acceptance and then you will at times not feel acceptance. And that whether you're feeling accepted or not accepted, you're in the journey of, I don't know, I have my thought popping up. The thought popped up for me is like, oh, you're in the journey of learning how to love yourself. Whether you're being fully accepted by other people your partner or others, or whether you're not, you are in the journey of learning how to love and accept yourself and ultimately being able to love and accept others as well. 
Yeah, and I see lots of bad relationship quotes out there that are like, if someone doesn't accept you, move on, or F them, or whatever. And it's like, I don't really need Jenny to accept me, but I need her to be willing to try to accept me, Mm -hmm. and to try to work on accepting herself the way she is. In that endeavor, that effort is what constitutes this feeling of security and safety for me. Yeah, I really like that. So it might be helpful for those listening if if not feeling accepted is a part of what's most difficult for you in relationship to really look at like, what is it I really do need? Do I need my partner to accept me 100% of the time? And, and if I do, am I willing to accept myself 100% of the time? Because if there's any part of me that sometimes feels kind of like tension about myself or feels judgy of myself, or judgy of another, it's going to be really, really hard to get that 100% of the time. Right, yeah, the law of the mirror, that probably whatever you're judging in someone else, you're also judging yourself for. Or if you're feeling judgment from the other and it's really sticking, it's it's really hooking you, that it's a judgment, a story that you believe about yourself. Exactly. So you can actually use judgments as really clear signposts to where you have work to do and where you're judging yourself just by how much something sticks to you. Like I'm not overweight. So if someone calls me fat, there's just no, there's just nothing to stick to me, you know, here. Mm -hmm. Um, It just doesn't feel true for me. It's not a story that I carry. But if someone says like, you're a a terrible coach or you're not a good partner or, you know, those are things that can really hook me Mm -hmm. because I have some stories that in there deep that, that some of that might be true. Yes. And what's it like for you, Bryce, when you were an I or in a struggle and maybe I speak a judgment or I'm believing some kind of judgment and it sticks to you? What happens for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's just, it's a, a bodily sensation, you know, that I can't get rid of. That's the thing about this work is that like if something's really sticking with me, my my heart rate is going to increase. I'm going to feel hot. Um, even if I can logically kind of work it out in my head, like, oh, that's not true, or like kind of get defensive or blame you back, it's still going to stick with me in my body and cause stress and tension. Oh, I love how you said that. And that's why this might, might be such a hard thing in relationship for some people. Because it's like, yeah, people say things and they have their own opinions of you, but it's it's sticking. It's like sticking in your body. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so many people, and I've done this myself, you've seen it before, I'm sure, is someone says, I'm fine. And you can just, every part of them does not look fine. Their facial expression, their body language, they just look constricted and angry or or sad. And they're saying they're fine. So it's like the body doesn't lie. Yes. So you can trust your body and whether something's sticking with you. And, And it's more important uh, and I've heard Pema Chodron talk about this, and she calls it Shenpa, which is, it's not so much the content of what what is said or what has happened, it's it's the hook. It's like really being, really being uh, mindful of what it is that's hooking you, and there will be themes to what really hooks you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, the, the idea here is to remember that those hooks are gifts. They're not a problem. They're like there to let you know where you're not able to fully love and see and accept yourself yet. So it's not meant there to cause, it's not meant to be there to cause problems ultimately. It will if you can't, if you don't have a process for how to kind of wake up 
to that lack of self-acceptance and lack of self-love and and turn it into acceptance and love. If you don't have a process for that, then those hooks will feel problematic. But once you start to see the gift of the hook, then it becomes a chance and opportunity to grow in self-love. Yeah, it is true that it takes a ton of work because if you're in a position where you're constantly feeling judged and maybe you know you're judging yourself, but there are so many hooks in you that you might not feel a lot of relief when you're able to identify one or kind of get one out. Um, And it just takes work. I mean, this is work that uh, could take years. Yep. Yeah, and sometimes I think of it as links. Like one hook can link. It's like there can be multiple links sometimes to a hook. So once you work out one piece of it, there's still another piece there. Um, Or there might be other ways to look at that. But it's not always just like a one and done thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm just reflecting back on this last weekend where we had a few bumps come up, up and down. And I noticed like the theme for me was like I kept feeling small. Like I kept feeling like there was some kind of a shame hook going on. So, you know, through the process that I use, I'm able to at least be able to start observing that even if, even if I don't totally understand it. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm believing that I'm not enough for Bryce. I'm believing that I'm not enough in some of my friendships. I'm just believing I'm like, I'm, too, I'm smaller than I really am. Yeah. That I can't really create the love or the connection or the collaboration with people that I want. Yeah, maybe, because I could give an example of what happens for me too, but do you have an example of how that shows up for you? Um, no, I'm curious what was popping up for you. Because mine, I mean, although I can relate with that, I think maybe some of my masculine conditioning and the way that I lived out my adult life with some of the things that happened is that I start to feel trapped. Like I can't get what I want and then I need to like force my way through, force my opinion in, um, run away to just show myself that, that I'm not trapped. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually would be curious to understand this more deeply for you. So when you say you feel trapped, does it feel like you're still big enough? Like you're still your same size or bigger, but it's like the environment that's tight? It could be. I hadn't thought about it like that, but I think I'm more likely to feel feel inflated and mm. like get bigger with my energy and want to argue and blame and be right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's more where I go. But it but yeah, the, the reverse is also true that there's a feeling of feeling small, so that's why I have to inflate, which I think is a common male coping mechanism. Oh yeah. Yeah, I really really like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I find it funny now that I've kind of I feel like I stumbled upon this in my own life and then I look out at the world and I see men doing this all over the place. Like, you know, I, I go play basketball and I see just everyone is just like chest puffed out and arguing calls and getting aggressive with each other. And I'm like, this is all just a show. This is a circus, you know, of of people that, that really don't know how to share that maybe they're afraid that someone's going to take advantage of them or overrun them or they're not good enough at the game. And everyone's just kind of like blowing themselves up. It's it's comical. It's sad. I mean, it's, um, but it is, I think it is true. When I really get down to the bottom of it with men, it's, it's, this is a really common experience. Yeah. Well, that is really fascinating. And that kind of, um, 
brings up one of the comments that was in the thread Mm -hmm. about what's the hardest part about your relationship. And one of the gentlemen who talked about not being accepted talked about what everyone else wants for him. So I was kind of curious, you know, if that's some of what was going on. He talked about needing to how he now feels like he has to live a life in a shadow of his old self. So I kind of pictured this feeling of trappedness that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Just like women have it too. And men have, um, conditioning and stories, I think laid upon them through their families and society that say they need to be a certain way. They need to move up and be at the top echelons of whatever they're doing. And I think the reality is, um, and the fantasy is that everyone can be at the top, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just not true. Mm-hmm. And and better is to really find acceptance with where you are and create realistic expectations with where you really want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's talk about then, um, there was something you said that stood out and now I'm forgetting it. Um, oh, so... Oh, I really like that. And then maybe what I'd be curious about is like, okay, so what do you, what do you do if you've changed, right? So let's say you came into a partnership with someone and you were initially, you felt very accepted by that person mm-hmm. or you found ways in your family growing up, strategies to use to be accepted. And then suddenly you start to differentiate either in your partnership, your relationship, your marriage, or within your family of origin or both. You start to differentiate meaning you start to sort of step out of your strategies, things that you used to be accepted. And suddenly you're saying, I want to be more of who I really am. But now I'm experiencing that people no longer accept me. Right. I feel like that's maybe a question that you have more of an answer to than than me with, with you leaving your religion and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is interesting. And I can answer it too. Okay, cool. Yeah, so well, I think for me what pops up is just this idea of what it's like to feel like you have to live in the shadow of an older self or that that you can't move forward, you can't keep growing, almost this feeling of feeling trapped like you talked about, but maybe almost a little bit different rather than being being like trapped like in a box with things around you. It's like you're being pulled backwards or you're being um, overshadowed by this old idea of who you were. So maybe different ways to imagine how it feels in your own body if you're going through this experience. For me, it sometimes feels a little bit like um, a rope that's attached to me and kind of holding me back. That's how I sometimes experience that when I feel like it's not safe for me to move forward. And there was something that actually came up for me as I was pondering on this idea. And so I just had taken a couple of notes. And um, one of the things I wondered is, if acceptance is the issue, then what is the emotional need that's being threatened? So I was thinking like, okay, what's the fear? If I'm not accepted, then what? And the thought that popped up for me was two things. If I'm not accepted, then one, I lose myself meaning I have to give myself up to be in relationship with you. The other, the flip side of that is that I lose you. And the, the, out, the belief outcome is still, I have to give myself up to be in relationship with you. So I think for a lot of people, this can get really, really sticky. And especially if you have left an old way of doing something. 
So for me, one of the big areas where that showed up was leaving a religion I'd been a part of from birth to age 30. And for you, I'm wondering how it maybe played out when you got sober. Yeah, that was the first big one. I went from being someone who partied a lot, and that was like a lot of my life revolved around that, to not doing that at all, like 0%. Mm. Um, That was really challenging. Uh, Lost a lot of friends, pretty much all my friends, except for maybe a couple that came around later on in life. And then probably a more recent one, even though it might not seem as dramatic, is just going from a more independent lifestyle and uh, a persona where like I was cage fighter and I wanted to do all the most badass stuff that any man could ever do skydiving scuba diving travel around the world Um, and moving into this place where I'm yeah I'm more stationary and I'm in a relationship so I'm more um, yeah I'm not I'm not really interested in doing all those things anymore and like really risking my safety so in some ways, I, I could see my life, me judging myself as having more of a boring life mm-hmm. um, and being more focused on relationships and emotional work. You know, I do a lot of that now versus I didn't really do it as much. I was more out in the doing, not in the being, mm-hmm. meditating every day now. So I think that my personality and persona has changed quite a bit in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may have lost... A little bit through that, but um, but not as dramatic as like when I got sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that gives everyone out there some ideas of different ways this can show up. Where maybe you were one way, and then you make some changes, and now you're a new way. And how do you maintain relationship through that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also to note, I think with the dramatic changes like leaving a religion or getting sober is like true i lost like all my friends for a period of time and that was the cost that i paid to start a new life and really what was awesome about that was like the people that started to come into my life afterwards were way more supportive and on board with what i was doing because i'd I'd much rather have a few people in my corner that really support me and understand me and see me than have a whole community of people that like don't really get it and and i I don't feel seen and comfortable with and I can't trust. I love that because it helps. I think for me, it helps me to remember it's a choice and it makes sense to me why, why I or other people would sometimes choose to stay in a community where I'm not being seen because at least there's someone there, right? At least there's people there, but also like you, at some points I come to a place where I realize like, wow, as much as I love having community and support, if I can't also be me, if I can't also show up as who I am, then then it may not be worth it. Yeah, people usually settle for a little bit of connection versus showing up authentically if they think they're going to lose connection. We're just wired that way, mm-hmm. especially when you know you'll pay an immediate price. Not only in not only in maybe not um, creating new connections, but losing the ones that you have. Mm-hmm. That's a really big deal, and and you might have that going on with a partner. Where if you think, yeah, I were to show up really authentically, I could lose them tomorrow or family um, or or children. I see this with addiction where I'm telling the parents like, well, this is what you have to do in order to help your child get into treatment and really want to get help. And they're like, I just won't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to risk them leaving the house. 
Hmm. And so they're going to stay in the basement and, and shoot heroin until, I don't know, something changes. But um, I just, I mean, we're just wired like this and I can see why people really want to keep what connection they do have and that they will stuff their authentic feelings and desires. Um, and also that people just don't, maybe have never had the experience of really showing up authentically. I know I didn't really. I mean, I always showed up a certain way and thought that's just me. I just created it. And now being more attuned to what's really happening with me and sharing feelings that are coming up in the moment with people um, is super scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's created way more conflict in my life, mm-hmm. way more fear, I think, mm-hmm. than, than previously. But at least it's like out in the open and like I, I think I feel much lighter Yeah. Yeah. than having to hold it all in and just like suck it up. Yes. Yeah, and I can really relate to that. And I think it's easy for people to think, well, it should be natural to show up as your authentic self. Even I have, I sometimes teach it that way. Like that's our most natural way to be as the authentic self. But we are conditioned from so young before we're even verbal. So it becomes, it becomes really unnatural to show up as the authentic self. It becomes much more safe feeling to usually use our strategies and be accepted by our tribe. And once you realize it's a choice and you start to learn a new way, then you have this opportunity to show up authentically and be accepted. Because when you actually show up authentically, what you'll find is there will be those who want authentic relationship with you. That's my experience. Yeah. And it might take time to find them and it might take them time to come back to you. Yeah. I'm just remembering this one thing my sponsor told me when I went, uh, I met with him like the first or second time and I was a younger person and, and I said, well, there's just no one my age that's doing this. And he's like, how long have you, how much time have you spent looking for him? And I just like realized, I was like, well, I hadn't, I hadn't spent any time yet. And I, I found my people, but yeah, it did take time. Yeah. I had to look for him. Yeah. That one gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. So trust that who you are is, there is connection available for you. There is acceptance in the world for you. And it may or may not come right away by the tribe you're already closest to. If there are changes you're making, or if you've never really felt accepted by your closest tribe, the key is to just start to learn a process and practice. So for me, learning how to show up authentically actually took having a mentor model it to me. Like I had to have someone show me what words to use to show up as who I really was. Right. Because I had been conditioned for so long to not do that. So I didn't even have the words for it. Yeah. So once I had a mentor actually show me, here are the words you can use, you know, after being in my presence and getting to know me and saying, here's what I'm seeing and reflecting it and having me feel seen, then it was like, okay, now here are the words you can use to show up authentically. And from there, practicing that and just repetitively practicing showing up as who I am and letting it, letting the chips kind of fall where they may. And then doing the work to actually start to reach out and grow support and 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 tribe where I needed it, community where I needed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think even moving it up to recent stuff, like, you know, having some conflict around when are we going to do this podcast and, and how is this whole thing going to look? And, you know, this this doesn't always go well on the first go around, but I think it's important to stick to your, your guns here. 
because like you really showed up and, and showed some emotion around how you were feeling and like yeah I didn't I wasn't a huge fan mm-hmm. of it in the moment because I had my own stuff going on um, and then we took some time you know sat with it and I'm able to you know I think for me on my end seeing you feel really passionate about something and what you wanted you know I'm able to tap into that some and be like okay what do I really want and then also to come back with a fairly clean slate and and just know what cards are being played right now like there aren't any secrets and yeah it turns out that like there actually were more connecting pieces than we thought but we really did have it seemed like we did have to go through a flare-up to get Mm -hmm. to that point so and even though I wouldn't have said I appreciated your flare-up in the moment it's like coming back around as I get more present and you know I have my own tools I use like meditated for a little bit I can see it you know I come back and I feel grateful they're like oh that Jenny shows up authentically yeah. Um, and responsibly, too. It's not like you were calling me names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is good to know. So, and Bryce is referring to today, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, Bryce is referring to before we podcasted today and kind of a flare that came up between us as we were talking about a, a part of this process. Yeah. And it's cool to hear you talk about your part of that and how you went through that. Because what you're saying is, even though I was showing up authentically, you didn't necessarily like it right away. No. But you've ended up feeling grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and my part is, like, I'm more of the type to shut down and kind of stop talking and go flat affect. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, one option is Jenny could kind of shut it all down and smooth it over, but then it doesn't, you know, I don't know what card she's really playing with. I don't really know how she really feels. So I think that that conflict is just laying dormant for another time, and those build up over time, so... We have an agreement in our relationship where we try to, we try our best to get back to zero, mm-hmm. and really share everything that's going on, so that we can like move forward and feel free and um, connected. Yes, yeah. And the piece for those listening, what I really worked on there was when I sensed that Bryce wasn't able to understand or accept in the initially in the moment what was going on for me was for me to also step back, to step back from trying to get Bryce to understand or trying to get him to accept, and instead to take a deep breath, step back, and take some time to reconnect with my own self. Because where I may sometimes be more passive, when I really show up strong, sometimes Bryce will go flat initially. Yeah, he's nodding yes. So for me to say, it's okay. It's okay for me to be here and it's okay for him to feel a little challenged by how I'm showing up and to practice self-acceptance there. So for me to be able to, to say, I'm not, I don't have to get bigger than Bryce, but I don't need to be smaller than Bryce. And I can be an equal in this relationship and I can show up with as much desire and passion as I want him to show up with. And to really accept myself in that place. But it did take initially me just saying, wow, this is what it's like to feel like it's not okay to be me. And to just, to not have to let that make me smaller again. But to just say, I can, I can be here in an authentic place and I can hold that experience of what it feels like to feel afraid to be who I really am. Cool. Yeah, that was, that was an intense experience and it also feels really good to talk about it right here 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime I get asked this, like, well, what do you and Jenny do? And I'm like, well, we probably have, on average, a couple decent conflicts a week. And I would say, yeah, it can get pretty intense. And um, I think the language we use is a little bit different. Like, I think it's not, uh, we don't really call names, not demeaning, but it can be intense. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the one thing that's probably really different is just our speed and efficiency with repair. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it takes a few times, it's usually within a few hours. It's like one of us has done enough to get resource to come back have that conversation lead into it. I think we take turns in a way that feels fair to like come back to each other. And then, yeah, we have like backup plans. Like if it really wasn't working out, we'll get some support in some way from a coach. Yep. Yeah. So we just invite you all to keep at this advanced relationship thing. If you want to learn the exact process I use in my relationship with myself and I use in my relationship with Bryce, The one that I use, I've laid out in the Advanced Relationship Mastery course, and you can go and get that at our website. So you can go to advancedrelationshipacademy.com, and under the coaching page right there, you can order the online course. It's 20 videos, and I go through exactly the process I use when I'm working out conflict with myself, my family, my friends, or Bryce. So that's my favorite process to share, and I would love to share it with anyone who's interested. You can also get the free web class that I have out still. It's on the homepage at advancedrelationshipacademy.com, so feel free to check that out. And anything you want to share, Bryce? Still have men's groups running. Should have another one starting here pretty soon. You can go to my website, brycepower.com, fill out an app there. I'll get in touch with you. And, yeah, that's it. I mean, you can find everything you need to know on our websites, I think. Awesome. Yeah, and I I did want to like finish this with just a few headlines. Like if someone's like, oh, but I don't feel accepted or I'm having trouble accepting, like what could we leave people with so that they have a few tools here? So a few headlines. If I'm feeling unaccepted myself, then I would say the headline for that for me would be I give myself permission to not be accepted. Letting yourself start to increase your capacity to experience not being accepted. Because that actually increases your capacity to be accepted. Yeah. And I have a couple here, which is always balancing out the stories. So if you're like, oh, I'm not feeling accepted, start to write a list of all the ways that you do feel accepted. Because mm. guarantee there's evidence there that you are. If someone's still in a relationship with you. They're accepting you on some level. Look for those little bits of evidence and they build up, balance out that story. And the final thing I was going to bring up is... I say this to a lot of people, if you want something, you have to be willing to give it. So you want acceptance, you got to practice giving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just do the flip side of mine. If I notice I'm having a hard time accepting Bryce, then I'm just going to do the flip side of mine, which is I give myself permission to not know how to accept Bryce in this moment. Mm-hmm. So to give myself that space. So that's, again, another tool that I use. And then I'll set an intention, what I ultimately want is to fully and completely accept and love Bryce. Right. And and I will note too that acceptance doesn't mean you necessarily necessarily agree with something. No. So it could be for one week, I'm just going to try to accept my partner exactly as they are and not criticize them and not tell them what to do. And I'm just going to run an experiment and see how it works out. Yep. yep. Yeah. And likely you'll find that there are things that you will need to talk about. There's things you will need to negotiate through, but it's going to work a lot better when you start from a place of acceptance. Yeah, change begins with you. 
That's all I got. That felt really nice. Cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Good. Okay, thanks, Bryce. All right, see you guys. Bye.